Good morning, everybody. Nice job traveling through the ice. Let's stand up. Let's worship together and sing. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. We sing joy to the world for the Savior has come. The Savior has come. We sing joy to the world. Let
uh, about 2,000 years ago for us. You came because we were fallen. You You came because we decided to try to live a life on our own and we messed it up. I think coming back to church, we're reminded of that. And we're reminded of the peace that you bring. We're reminded of the life you desire for us to live. And um, I think we'd all probably do a little bit better off if we spent a little bit more time in our lives um, thinking about how much peace you bring and how much joy you bring. And um, when we just really truly come uh, with repentant hearts, uh, knowing that uh, we truly, truly need you. So thank you, Lord, for uh, coming to this world, living a life, and dying a death, and uh, rising again only as you could. So Lord, uh, this Christmas season, we're reminded of the manger, and we're reminded of the cross, because we're past all of that. But we think about this season, and we think about these stories of you coming, and uh, we're, we're mindful of living for you every day the best way we can. So help us to do that. And help us to be the blessings that you call us to be because you're such a blessing to us. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray and say, amen. God bless you, everybody. Glad you made it today. Uh, Hey, uh, I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor here, and uh, glad you're around. Hey, so we do this thing called the meet and greet. Uh, Why don't you say hello to somebody and tell them uh, how much longer it took you to get to church this morning. Thanks. See you in a sec. You can go ahead and have a seat. Hey, Hopel, you made it. So cool to have you here. Um, so this is like, okay, we're always about giving God the praise and worship, but since you're here, can you just do this? Can you just pat yourself on the back for coming and making it here? Because the other thing is this is normally the part of the service where I could say, if you could squeeze in just a little... Um, my Christmas gift to you is just enjoy where you're sitting. Yeah, so that's it. Is Christmas season? Doesn't the church look great? We wow. Yeah, we have an amazing team led by Sherry Flora that does just a great job decorating in the uh, auditorium as well as throughout the building, and it gets us in the mood for this Christmas season. You know, we um, want to let you know about Christmas at Hopewell. So uh, as we've done over the last few years, we're going to have five Christmas services uh, over the 23rd and the 24th. So we'll have, uh, and they're all identical services, one-hour services at 5 and 7 on Monday, December 23rd, and then 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock p.m., on December 24th. Uh, Again, all the same children's programming birth through pre-K, and you'll be hearing more about that. But we have these invite cards at our Welcome Center, and you can stop by there and pick some up to hand to family members, friends, so forth. We've got uh, Saginaw Christmas Service Info on one side and Bay City uh, Christmas Service Info on the other side as well. Um, Speaking of our Welcome Center, if you're new to Hope Valley, we're glad to have you here on the way in. You received our uh, worship program, and the bottom is a tear-off form, and this is just a great way, whether you are new to Hopevale or existing, if you want to get in touch with us, fill this out, drop it in the offering plates, or uh, stop by our Welcome Center and let us know that you're here. We typically use these uh, just to initiate conversation if you want to know more about the church. If you want to leave us a prayer request, you can also fill just the entire sheet out and pass that on, or if you're looking at getting more involved, and as you heard last week, we have special service opportunities for our Christmas services as well, and you can let us know about that. 
Uh, if you are part of the Hovell Church family, you received some information this past week about Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is a charitable giving initiative nationwide where nonprofits and religious organizations, churches, ministries uh, encourage people in this season of spending, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, to think about uh, someone other than ourselves and to give out of our abundance. And we ask that you would consider Hopel as part of that. Uh, We'll send out a message this week as well about that to let you know about that opportunity. And uh, also in conjunction with this, we're unveiling a new mobile giving platform that we have found uh, is easy to use and it's highly secure. And as you can see on the screens here, Literally, just if you go to 77977 and text the word Hopel or Hopel Bay City, you'll get a very intuitive screen like that that tells you how you can give one time or on an ongoing basis. Very easy to walk through. We've had a percentage of our congregation that gives electronically online already do this. And again, just one more way that you can worship the Lord through your giving by giving to Hopel. So Giving Tuesday, think about that. Consider participating to continue to fund our ministry of spreading this good news of great joy in our community, in this region, and around the world. And so in light of that, I'm going to ask that the uh, ushers come forward as we continue our worship uh, through the act of giving. And again, as you think about this Christmas season, you know, this is the time of year when people's antennas are just up for spiritual things. And even those who may not uh, have church as part of their regular rotation, start coming back and the interest is there and your giving helps just spread this good news that's found in Jesus Christ, a message of life that we've talked about that with a capital L that is found in Jesus. So thank you for giving and let's continue to worship the Lord as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we have come to worship you today. And no matter what's going on on the outside, we're here in the warmth of this place with the breath in our lungs giving you worship. And we do that every Sunday. But this season, as we enter this Advent Christmas season, as we draw our hearts to Bethlehem, to Jesus, to the word becoming flesh and making his dwelling among us. Um, We would ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would open our eyes, you would soften our hearts, and this wonderful news would come alive in us and through us in ways like never before. Because Jesus, you are worthy. In Jesus, you are worth it. So with everything we have, all our energy, all our attention today, we give ourselves over to you through this time that we share together. And as we give, we give in response of gratitude and worship and awe and praise and everything that you, Jesus, deserve. So thank you for the privilege that we have to do that together as a church family. And may you receive these gifts as our gift of worship to you that just as the wise men laid their treasures at your feet, Jesus, we do that now in this act of worship. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. 
we'll continue in worship. Just remain seated and feel free to stand after uh, uh, you've given, uh, so we enter into uh, this song. We sang this song a few weeks ago called Ever Almighty. It's really powerful. It talks about how the Lord's our foundation, our anchor, and he's our courage, and that he's sovereign, and um, how his covenant stands. And it's just this beautiful song that uh, talks about how he's ever almighty to save. He's ever almighty to do something powerful in our lives. I think we come to church every week uh, to see if uh, God can speak to us again and meet us in a powerful way. Maybe he would meet us in a way that he, when we met him for the first time, um, we're looking to be moved closer. We're looking to be inspired. And, um, you know, uh, not giving anything away by saying this, but Pastor Sam, as he preaches today, he's going to talk a little bit about how you have to get through something uh, to experience joy on the other side of it. And um, you all got through some ice on the way here. I know it's kind of a trivial thing to say, but, you know, you, you fought the elements and uh, you made it to church. And uh, so um, let's be expectant to see what God wants to do today, friends. Let's be expectant to see how God wants to inspire us more toward the things of him. Um, and just be open to that. It would be awesome. worship together as Eliana leads us. Here we stand on this foundation, hope as an anchor, faith is our flag, the cross is our courage, your word is our way. Above the confusion, your covenant stands. Let's stand together. For you have not, not for a moment, abandoned your promise to save, and you will not, not for a moment, withdraw your hand. church is alive Ooh, yeah. now is one with hearts of the flame all my devotion to your great name exalted forever Lord Jesus you reign and we will not not for a moment forget your
singing the story of our faith. It's Christmas time, but uh, we're past the Christmas time. It's 2019, and we know the end of the story. The end of the story is so beautiful that uh, Jesus died for us and um, went in our place so we didn't have to, and we thank the Lord for that. So, um, God, thank you for today. Thank you for these moments in worship where um, we just are reminded of our faith, reminded of the story, this gospel story that draws us back to the well and draws us back to our knees, draws us back to a place in our life where we just say thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, we're nothing without you. And with you, God, we have so much hope. And uh, would you be our living hope today? Would you continue to uh, just speak in the way that you already have in worship and through your word and through your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name we all say it together. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a seat.
Wow, good morning, everybody. You made it. This is so great. Um, I'm Pastor Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I just got to tell you, one of these days, I'm going to be back there, and I'm just going to record you guys singing. I mean, just to hear. I mean, it is just such an awesome thing to hear you guys sing the praises of God. It's just amazing. And those of us who get to be backstage or come on here and preach or whatever, uh, we get to hear that. And we're just, it's such an encouraging thing. So I just wanted to say, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it was, I was like a little choked up back there going, oh my goodness, listen to this. Well, welcome and Merry Christmas to everybody. And I want to especially welcome those of you who are going to be watching us online this week um, because of the weather. Um, but hey, that's a reality of living in 2019. So I love that we have that ability to do that. We're starting our Christmas series this morning called Good News great joy that's all about the birth of Jesus and what that can bring. It can bring joy to this world, but not only to this world, it can bring joy to your world and my world this Christmas season. The title of our series actually comes straight out of the account of the birth of Jesus that we find in Luke's gospel. And so I want us to read that here this morning. Luke chapter 2 is where it's found, and I want us to see what was going on in that time and why we're calling this good news, great joy. Let's check this out. Luke chapter 2, starting verse 8. It says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, nearby where? Nearby Bethlehem, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as they should be, right? Something like that shows up, and you're not expecting it. That would cause panic and terror, but look, look what happens here, verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And here is that good news that causes great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news that will cause great joy. You know, as I started thinking about that phrase and this concept of, of joy, and as I began to ask myself, okay, what is joy? What does joy look like, especially at Christmas time? All of these images and pictures just started popping into my head, and they probably do to you as well when you think about joy at Christmas time. And so um, I, I brought some of these images with me, images like this, images like a child looking on in wonder at twinkling Christmas lights. Every year in the, the Burke house, we have this tradition. We, we put our kids to bed during Christmas time, and we fake them out by putting them to bed. Then we go and we get them, rip them out of bed. We put them in the van and we drive out to Freeland, to Titabawassee Township Park, to look at the Freeland Christmas lights display. And I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been there, but if you haven't, you should go. It's amazing. And we do it every year. And I'm always amazed every year, no matter how old my kids get, they always are like, they have that look in their eyes, like, this is so amazing. On the way, they're like, I wonder what it's gonna be like this year. I wonder how they're gonna change it. I wonder what songs they're gonna do. And so I, I, I love looking at my kids' faces when they're looking at twinkling Christmas lights. And so that maybe is an image that pops in your head about joy at Christmas time. Or, or maybe it's the absolute bliss and joy on a child's face as they're opening up their, their Christmas gifts. Or maybe it's, you know, for the first time getting to see a Christmas decoration and they have that look on their face and you just want to capture that moment. And that is joy. Maybe that's the image of joy that comes to your mind. Or, or maybe you're in this season of life where joy for you is that perfect Hallmark movie style relationship and you're looking for that and you're like this is gonna be the year this is the year it's gonna happen I promise and that is the picture of joy maybe for you or 
Or maybe, maybe for you, the, it's the scene around the dinner Christmas table, or the dinner table at Christmas, and you're like, it's going to be this perfect Norman Rockwell. I know it's Thanksgiving, but ignore that. Um, <laughs> it's going to be this perfect picture around our dinner table, and that, that's joy. That's the image of joy that pops into your mind. Whatever it might be, I, I think we have these images, these pictures in our mind when it comes to joy, these expectations of what joy is at Christmas. But, but if we're just going to get real here this morning and peel away all this idealistic thinking for a minute, the truth is our realities don't often match our expectations, right? They don't often match our expectations. Like, like how we, we wanted that Christmas card picture to turn out with our child looking at Christmas decorations versus the reality of how it actually turned out. <laughs> right? Like, we really wanted it to look this way, and then this is the picture we got. Or it's uh, our expectation of what our Christmas tree should look like, because we just went and cut it down at Clucks, and, but the reality of what it really looks like. And so we're going, wow, this is not what I thought, you know? Or maybe it's the expectation of that perfect Hallmark movie relationship versus the reality of maybe this is going to be another lonely time at the holidays. Or maybe it's your expectation of having that Norman Rockwell family dinner at, your, at Christmas versus the reality of it's going to be more like a Clark Griswold family <coughs> dinner. Actually, our, our daughter Karis um, last year experienced this kind of thing firsthand and we caught it on video, luckily enough. Um, and it was, it was such an amazing moment. She, she got this gift that she really, really wanted. And well, anyway, here, I have the video, well, just watch. you're wondering I got her permission to show this but um, <laughs> every time I watch this video and sadly to say it's quite a few times um, I'm reminded of that line in that movie a Christmas story you know right at the end of the movie right before the dogs come in and destroy the turkey and leave nothing there every time I watch this video I think about that this quote that the the narrator says he says life is like that Sometimes at the height of our revelries, when our joy is at its zenith, when all is most right with the world, the most unthinkable disasters descend upon us. And I think about that a lot as I think about expectation of joy versus sometimes the reality of what we experience. You know, I think that often we think that our pictured expectations of our circumstances and how they make us feel, that that's joy. That like, like joy is somehow tied to how I feel in the moment or how my circumstances find me. And it, is my reality going to match my expectation? And, and that's going to determine my joy. I think a lot of us can tend to think that way. But here's my question as I began to think about all of this. Is that really joy? Is that really joy? You know, when I see these pictures, when I think about these experiences and my expectations, is that really joy. And then I had to ask myself another 
even more difficult question is that if it is, is joy that fickle? Is joy that fickle? Can, can joy come and go that quickly and that easily based upon the circumstances that I find myself in? You know, is that what the angels were talking about and meant when they said, we bring you good news that's going to cause great joy? Is that what they were talking about? And if it isn't, the real question then is this, what is joy? What is joy? And what is the difference between experiencing joy and feeling happy? I mean, is there even a difference? And if there is, what is that difference? Well, I've titled my message this morning, Unwrapping Joy, because that's exactly what we need to do as we begin this Christmas series. We need to unwrap this gift called joy this morning so we can see what it is, we can find out what the angels were talking about when they announced that to the shepherds, and how you and I can really experience joy this Christmas season. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, either a, a physical one or a digital one, I want you to grab it, and I want you to open it up to the New Testament. We're actually going to run all over the New Testament here this morning, and we're going to unwrap this idea of joy together. Okay, so the first destination I want to take us this morning in the New Testament is the New Testament book called James. It was authored by a guy named James, so it's appropriately titled. And James, as we talked about this past summer, was actually the half-brother of Jesus, and he was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And he's writing this letter to his congregation, who at the time of writing this, um, was actually scattered all over the place, and they were in hiding because of the heavy persecution of the Ro Roman government on Christians. So that sets a really good backdrop for what James is actually going to write here in James chapter 1, starting verses 2 and 3. Look at this. James says this, Consider it pure joy, there's our word, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now remember who he's writing to. He's writing to his church who is scattered and hiding because of Roman persecution. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. So James is actually helping us rip apart this idea that joy and how we feel about our situations or our circumstances are the same thing. He's ripping that apart for us. He is saying that we should actually consider trials and tough situations that we go through a source of joy. So, if joy is a feeling that's based on my situations or my circumstances, then I would have to look back and say, no, James, I can't, I can't do that. Why? Because I don't feel it. I don't feel like it. But according to James, joy is something different. Because joy is something that you can actually experience in the midst of tough situations and tough circumstances. It's something different. It's something more than just what we feel. All right, let's head to Romans next, the book of Romans that Paul wrote to believers who are living in Rome. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 15. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul wants us to understand something deeply theological or God-natured about this thing called joy. And that is this. It's that joy comes from God and from his Holy Spirit. 
Joy comes from God and his Holy Spirit. In fact, in Galatians, this same Paul wrote to those believers, he says that joy is actually a fruit or a manifestation or a result of the Holy Spirit living inside a follower of Jesus. That if I am a a true follower of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me is going to produce joy. It's a fruit or an evidence of the Holy Spirit. God is the one who produces and fills us with joy. Joy. So James tells us it's not based on how I feel about the situations that I find myself in. Paul begins to tell us it's something that God fills me with through his Holy Spirit. So then let's head to 2 John to see how Jesus' best friend John on this planet, let's see how he talked about joy. Look what he said here. 2 John, verse 12. There's only one chapter in, in 2 John. He says this, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to write, use, I don't want to use pen and paper pen and ink or paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. Now, John's actually communicating something pretty huge here, and it's real easy to run by, and it's real easy to miss. This is what he's telling us. He's telling us that joy is something that can actually be shared from person to person, that we can actually give joy to others, and that we can actually complete joy in others, and others can complete joy in us. You complete me. (laughs) Joy can be found in the context of community. So we need each other. We need each other. That's what John's trying to say here. Joy is something that can be found in the context of gathering together and in community and face-to-face relationship. It can be given to each other and completed in each other. John also quoted Jesus in talking about joy in his gospel. In in John chapter 16, look what he said. He's quoting Jesus here. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Jesus is actually forecasting and foretelling to his disciples that he's going to die in these moments, but that they will see him again. It's it's basically like he's saying this. Listen, guys, I'm going to die. And you're going to mourn my death. And you're going to grieve over it. But I'm going to come back to life. And that's going to turn your mourning into joy. And nothing and no one will be able to take or steal that joy away from you. Why? Because Jesus will be victorious. And he'll be the champion over death. And he knew, man, if, if they see champion over death and victory over death, then that's the end of it. That's the ball game. That's the future for them. So there's nothing that's going to take that joy away from them. Look at the the way the writer of Hebrews talks about Jesus and his take on joy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The writer of Hebrews says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I, I love, I love that phrase right there. The joy set before him. See, what Jesus knew about what would happen after his death, in the resurrection, in those who would believe on him, in eternal life, all of those things, he he knew that that gave him as a human, because remember, Jesus is fully God, fully human at the same time. As a human being inside of him, that gave him confidence to face his death and maintain his joy. I love what he says, for the joy set before him, what he saw, what he knew was going to happen, he endured the cross, scorning its shame keeping his joy intact, knowing that he knew the end of the story, that the cross wasn't going to be the end of the story. 
And I, I absolutely love this verse because what Jesus is teaching us, what the writer of Hebrews is teaching us through the life of Jesus, is that because joy isn't based on what happened or what happens to you, it's something else, this then can become the model for us about joy. That whatever it is we're facing and whatever circumstances are in front of us, we can, look, we can go through it because of the joy set before us at the end. I love that. And then finally, Paul writes about joy again in Romans, Romans chapter 14, when he says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, I'll get to that in a second, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul's basically telling his readers that God's kingdom is about bigger and more important things than getting all bothered that your preferences aren't being met. What was going on in the passage is that they had this dilemma between people who were having this problem of, do I eat this meat that was sacrificed to these idols? I think that's wrong. And some people were like, no, it's just meat, whatever, the idol isn't a thing. And they had this big controversy going up. And Paul is going, okay, this is an issue. We've got to talk it through. But at the end of the day, here's what I want you to know. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. There's bigger things going on here. It's about righteousness, about peace, about joy in the Holy Spirit. Basically saying, I can't have joy in the Holy Spirit if I'm getting all upset over my preferences not being met. For our context today, it would sound something like this. I can't have joy in the Holy Spirit if I'm getting all upset over the fact they didn't sing my favorite Christmas carol at church. Or that the nativity wasn't where I wanted it to be in the lobby. Or that someone said holidays instead of Christmas. Or holiday cup. Paul's like, no, no, no. Don't, don't get all worked up over that. The kingdom of God is about bigger things. It's about righteousness, joy, peace. And his point is that joy is something that matters in the kingdom of God, and it's worth pursuing. It's worth pursuing. So all of these things that we're learning about joy leads me to this big question. Okay, so what is the difference between experiencing joy and feeling happiness? What's the difference between those two things? I think it all kind of boils down to this, this happiness versus joy thing. Because I think a lot of times when we say the word joy, what we're talking about is happiness. But we need to draw a big contrast between those two things. Well, I think it's all in the words and what they mean. The word joy, as it's translated in the New Testament, it actually comes from the Greek word Kara, you don't need to know that, but what you need to know is the basis of that word literally means this. It means favorably disposed or a disposition of favor. And a disposition is an outlook. It's a mindset. It's a quality of mind. So what the word joy is actually trying to tell us just by its mere definition is joy is a, an outlook on my life of favor. It's something that I bring to it. It's a mindset that I have. It's an outlook on my life. Joy is something that I choose to have regardless of what I go through, regardless of the situations that are in front of me. Joy is an outlook that I choose for my life, a favor for my life. And I, I say, I'm going to have joy regardless. That's what joy is. Happiness, on the other hand, that word was created in the late 14th century or the 1300s, and it comes from the root word hap which means this, check this out, it means lucky or favored by fortune. That's what happiness is. Happiness is being lucky or that fortune has somehow like favored you, that, that the situation landed in your 
um, in your life in such a way that it favored you. That's what happiness is. If you go back to the word and what they meant by that word. So happiness is the 50-50 luck of the draw that the situation or the circumstances is going to turn out in my favor. I want to show you the difference of what these two things look like with using a little chart here, okay? So this is what happens in our life. We all have experiences. Every single one of us has an experience that we go through, many experiences we go through. Some of you may be going through an experience right now. Some of you maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks from now you'll go through. But every one of us, bam, has this experience that happens in our life. Here's what happiness is. Happiness is the experience happens, and now I have a feeling. And I have a 50-50 shot with this feeling of feeling happiness or sadness. And a lot of that is based on stuff that I can't even control. That things just happened, and now I feel a certain way about what happened in my life. That's what happiness is. Here's the difference. Here's what joy is. Joy, remember, is a mindset or an outlook of favor on my life. It's something that I bring into. So it's something I determine before I even get to my experience. Here's what joy is. Joy is on the starting front end. I have this disposition of joy. It's based on something outside of myself, outside of my experience. And so I have this, this thing called joy that I carry into my experiences. Things happen. Situations, circumstances happen. I experience something. But it doesn't change my disposition. It doesn't change my mindset because I carried that into this experience because it's based on something beyond the experiences. So guess what? On the other side of the experience, I can still experience joy. I'm not worried about the 50-50 shot of if I feel something or not because I have a mindset and an outlook that says I'm carrying joy into this. You see, when the angels showed up to those shepherds in the Christmas story, what they weren't announcing was they weren't announcing, hey, guess what? There's going to be, we have some good news that's going to give you a 50-50 shot at feeling something good. That wasn't what they were saying. What they were saying is this. They were announcing that Jesus, the birth of Jesus, this child is going to bring a new outlook on life. A new mindset. And one that can be for all people, for all time, that can never be taken away. A new disposition of favor, a mindset that I can choose for this life. It's a, a mindset, it's a choice that Jesus is champion. That's what they were declaring. They were declaring, we're bringing you good news of great joy. And that great joy is that, that this child that's born is going to get, give us victory over death. And he's going to be champion. That's where your joy is going to come from. That is good news and great joy. So the question this morning then is how? How do I choose this joy? How do I choose joy? Well, let me give us a couple of suggestions as I wrap up here this morning. First suggestion is this. It's to trade in happiness for joy. Trade in happiness for joy. One of, one of the only ways to choose joy is to stop living your life based off of happiness and chasing happiness. And what I mean by that is this. Our lives cannot be and should not be lived based on a flip of a coin or that everything turned out in my favor, so I guess I'm good. Our lives can't be based in that because the truth is it just might not. It just might not wind up that way. Happiness is never a sure thing. So living our lives based on being lucky or being favored by fortune 
is a very reckless way to live. There's nothing steady. There's nothing secure about it. You can't control any of the outcome of that. And sometimes just by, by where you live, that kind of controls the outcome if you're going to feel that or not. But joy, on the other hand, as we've seen, is a choice. It's a mindset. It's an outlook on life that says, I'm choosing this favorable outlook on my life. And whatever happens in my life is not going to shake that away from me. No matter what situations, no matter what I experience, no matter what my circumstances are, I can still choose joy. And the way you do that is that you have, to have, you have to look at something outside of yourself and outside of your experiences and your circumstances. So that brings me to my second suggestion. Look to Jesus for your joy. Look to Jesus for your joy. Allow Jesus to champion your joy for you. Remember, Jesus told his disciples, he said, your, your sorrow will be turned into joy because of the resurrection. He says, I'm going to die, and that's your sorrow, but it's going to be turned into joy because I'm going to raise again. And he, then he says, and no one can take it away from you. If you look to Jesus for your joy, no one or no thing or no situation can take your joy away from you because it's found in Jesus. See, in order to maintain joy during the present struggles that we go through, you have to lift your head up and you have to look to the end of the road and look to the end of the story and see Jesus there. See, that's what he, the writer of Hebrews was trying to communicate to us in Hebrews chapter 12 when he says, look to Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So how did he do it? Well, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and scorned its shame. He knew what was going to happen in the end. He knew the joy at the end of the road. And so he was able to deal with the things in the middle. The tough situation. The cross. He was able to endure that. And it sets a model for you and me. To look to Jesus for our joy. See that's what helps you get through the potholes. And the rough roads. And the detours of life. Because they're going to happen. We're going to have our eyes on the road in front of us and there's going to be road closed signs and detour signs and potholes that we're going to come upon. And if we're only focused on what's right in front of us, it's going to seem like it's hopeless and we're never going to be able to get through it. But that's when we need to lift our eyes and look to the end of the road. I know that Jesus has already claimed victory. And when we do that, we can make it through some of the more difficult parts of this journey. You know, when my kids were really little... We used to watch um, movies with them, and there, inevitably there would be a movie where there was a sad part in it, or there was something scary in it, and, and every parent, I think, fights with this. They, they go, okay, so what do we do? Do we just turn the movie off because they're getting scared or because they're sad? And so my wife Sarah and I, we, we wrestled with this. We're like, I don't know. And so we determined, you know, every family determines it differently, but we determined, hey, I think what we're going to do is we're going to let them watch that scary part or watch that sad part of the movie but we're not just going to leave them in that. We're going to sit right beside them and we're going to coach them through it. And we're going to tell them the end of the story. And we're going to tell them how this character, look, they're going to do this and this is going to be amazing and awesome. And in doing that, it helped them get through those sad parts and get through the scary parts because they knew the end of the story. And they knew how it was all going to turn out. And I think that serves as a beautiful metaphor for what Hebrews chapter 12 is trying to teach us about joy and about Jesus. It's that we're going to go through these sad, hard, difficult situations in life. 
And if we only focus on that, it's going to feel like I can't make it through. But if we look to Jesus and what he accomplished through the cross, and as we look to, to him as the champion of our faith and as victor over all of this stuff, then we will be able to make it through the difficult things. And you know what? We're better off for it because we went through it. I think a lot of times we just want to avoid it. and We want to get out of it, but, but the truth is we're better off for it because we went through it. See, Jesus shows us the end of the story so that we can endure the middle of it with our joy intact. See, joy is choosing Jesus as champion. Over the next few weeks, we're actually going to take this concept and we're going to apply it to many different situations that we encounter in our lives. We're going to ask questions like, how can I choose joy in the middle of, and then talk about things like uncertainty, sorrow, and regret. And we're going to get to see how choosing joy is an option because of Jesus in the midst of all that. And that's why the Christmas season is so important. The birth of Jesus is so important. But my prayer for this morning is that we would walk away from here with a call to action. And that call is to embrace and to choose a life built on good news and great joy. That we would choose joy. Because joy is a choice that Jesus is my champion. That he is my victory. And I can endure the hard things because of that good news and great joy. Let's pray together. God, we... Um, we come to you this morning after um, exploring your word about joy and we, we ask that, um, that we would be able to take that step. That I don't know what situations everyone finds themselves in here this morning, but I do know that we have a Savior who's bigger and stronger and greater and better that gained victory over all of it. And so God, as we walk into those situations, God, I pray that we would lift our heads to Jesus, that we would look to him and that we would find our source of joy in him. So that when we walk through those difficult things, we can keep our joy intact, knowing that you've already won. And you've already gained victory. And so God, as we enter this Christmas season, I pray that joy would be a reality of our lives. That we wouldn't just look for the little happy things here and there. Happiness is great. But God, that we would go after a joy that cannot be taken away from us. A good, the good news of Jesus that causes great joy in us, that we would be able to experience that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand together and sing one last song of worship. I count on one thing The same God that never fails will not fail me you won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late, is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy. When my heart is heavy all my days, oh yes I will. 
count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley Yes I will bless your name Oh yes I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days Oh yes I will for all my days Oh yes I will and I choose to the name of all names that nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against oh yes I will do high in the lowest valley yes I will bless your I can't think of a better song to close out today with than that song that I choose to praise and to glorify your name and I'll sing for joy even though I'm in the lowest valley and why can we do that we can do that because we're looking to Jesus he is the victor he's the champion so my encouragement to us is that we would walk out of this place today and choose joy that we would choose that good news that causes great joy Thanks so much for being here. Drive home safely today.